podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to episode 357 of the Anfield Index podcast. I'm Trev Downey and I am podcasting to you from post-snowy rural Ireland. And I am joined tonight for this little chat about Liverpool-related stuff by Guy Drinkle and by Lisa Marie Hannan. I'm looking forward to this chat because we've got some topical stuff to begin with. It's not necessarily Liverpool-centric. I thought we'd be sort of heading straight into 7-0 shenanigans because we're recording this just for the record on Friday evening. Way too late for this to be of much uh, use to people ahead of the Bournemouth game, which is at the crack of doom tomorrow um, as we play in that shitty away kit. So we're going to need all our... Uh, appendages crossed uh, that we get back into a proper run between now and the end of the season um, and it behooves us uh, to not talk about that too much because like I said it'll be a done deal by the time most people are listening to this so we'll be focusing a little bit on the Real Madrid match uh, and obviously talking about our great joy and the fun that was the aftermath of um absolutely murdering the Manx 7-0. But we will start off with something that's a little bit topical, first of all. But before we do, we should say hello to Lisa Marie and to Guy. And Lisa Marie, um, I know you'll have been following with interest that, um, you know, once again, the weather over here is shite, except when you are in the country. So uh, I, I have been going around with a petition to my fellow Irishmen, um, which basically states, get Hanahan back, um, because we need you here, because uh, it, we had atypically glorious weather in the middle of winter when you were here, and it's just <laughs> gone to shit again. Hey, I am on board with that. Um, you know, can we start a, a go fund me or crowdfunding or, or something to, to make that happen. I, I would be completely on board with that, as you well know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all I'm all for it uh, because um, we had we had uh, something like, well, depending where you were, I think where Dave is kind of um, quite a bit inland. It was uh, maybe a foot of snow, but um, in certain places we had like maybe three, four inches where, where I am. But because I work close enough to the coast, by the time I got to my workplace, uh, it was almost non-existent. But Ireland is so ridiculous, Lisa Marie. I mean, oh, this is the thing. This is the thing that kills me. It's just any more ridiculous than the southern part of the U.S. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I, I <laughs> yeah. honestly don't know. 
We, we, you, you said when I posted that picture of the, my back garden this morning that that would probably be enough to get your kids off school. But I just think people who live in properly extreme conditions, uh, they just get on with it. You know, everything grinds to oh, a yeah. halt here. You know, oh, it's absolutely. just kind of it's daft. But anyway, anyway, uh, we will we will no doubt uh, uh, talk more about weather and bits and bobs. But I just quickly want to say hello to Guy as well before we get started on our opening topic. And Guy, you've been sort of having some well-deserved comparative downtime uh, as young Hendrik recuperates. Uh, so what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? I, I'm guessing there was a, a, a video game of some sort involved. Just aimlessly wandering about the house, hoping people <laughs> ring me on, on Zoom and Skype, to, to be honest. Just sat there watching the snowfall every 10 minutes, then stopping for an hour, then coming back for 10 minutes and not even doing anything. So it was that crap kind of snow. Just waiting, to, waiting for Irish voices in between my week. That's how it's gone. But no, I, there is the odd video game, Harry Potter, bit of Overwatch, uh, other stuff. I can't remember. Too many games. I need Dave back in my life. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a delicate ecosystem, uh, and <laughs> when, when Hendrick disappears from it, uh, it has a remarkable knock-on effect. Uh, so much so uh, that you'll be interested to know that I, I spoke to Dave uh, during the week. Um, could have even have been yesterday, man, to be honest, because who knows what day it is. And I said, "Listen, lad, if you're going to be out for a while, do you want me to?" you know, hold the fort for you for a while. So guess what's happening on Monday and Tuesday? I'm well, doing... I've been told. I've been told. I'm doing Daily Red, yeah. But I said yeah, well, I'd do it, but then no news broke at all, and I'm not clicking the Liverpool Echo website because I'd still be lost on it right now. So, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a source of great annoyance for me during the week. Um, and it, the response I got to that tweet was quite interesting. A lot of people telling me how to use DuckDuckGo and uh, ad blockers. And I was like, lads, I know that. You know what I mean? Like, fair play. I'm trying to read an article, not ask the Pentagon. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, these guys, first I rooted through my, um, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ. No, Uh, it's just a shit show of a place, that website. I don't, I don't understand how it's, it's still so awful to navigate but yeah we will we will have a go uh, see what what comes of that uh on monday and tuesday maybe even wednesday as well depending on how dave's feeling um i'll be a, a a poor substitute but i'll try to do the rambling thing as best i can and if all comes to all and i can't find anything of note i'll just talk to myself about other topics and uh, uh try to do my best hendrick impression we'll see how it goes uh we should talk about something that is very uh, controversial at the moment, uh, just because it might go away or might not go away, but it's being brought into sharp relief because tomorrow night, of course, one of the staples for an awful lot of people is match of the day. Now, I will openly admit to not having watched match of the day for years, um, probably since I started doing these regular podcasts with Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro, because... I'm done. You know, if I've done, if I've done, if I've watched the match, we've done raw, I'm not watching it again. There's no, I want to be done with football at that time. You know, I'm done. And so I don't watch match a day and I haven't literally seen one episode of it for years, but I'm quite aware of what a staple it is. 
And uh, I had to announce there this evening, folks, that um, I told the BBC that I was not available for match of the day tomorrow night, um, like my good pals, um, Alan Shearer and, uh, and uh, Ian Wright, because we have a situation, Guy, and you might be able to sort of pull a little bit of um, flesh on the bones here, where Gary Lineker is being publicly harangued by... Um, a lot of Tory politicians for a comment he made about the treatment of immigrants. Um, it has been a remarkable outpouring of uh, bile back at him and a real reminder of how one should not step out of line under uh, the watch of a, of a, a, a Tory government. Because if you do, they're going to let you know all about it. And sadly, the BBC, who for some reason people are only now beginning to understand are the ultimate government lackeys who have been spouting government propaganda for freaking decades. I mean, do your history. George Orwell did this job back in the day. Granted, there was a war effort on at the time. But the BBC, I mean, this this concept of them being some sort of flagship bastion of nobility, I've, it's absolutely for the birds, but that's a different discussion. Maybe you could fill out what's happening, because basically what's happening, well, I, as, I, as I understand it, the BBC made a statement uh, today, I think it was today, saying words to the effect that uh, Gary Lineker was being uh, taken off the um, the uh, topic, the job of uh, host of Match of the Day, because it was because of his recent social media activity, which amounted to quote a breach of our guidelines. Um, he 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 was told via this open letter that he should keep well away from taking sides on party political issues or political controversies. Um, and all of a sudden now we've got all the lads rowing in in support. And whereas it, it does give you the warm fuzzies. There is a sort of a wider issue here as well. What's been your take on it, just for people who, who, who haven't maybe followed it as closely? Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Well, it all stemmed from a tweet, so if you haven't been following it closely, it, Lineker basically compared the language, and that's the key word, the language around asylum seekers and immigrants to 1930s Germany. So he wasn't saying it was the Holocaust. He wasn't saying they were getting rounded up and murdered in the millions, obviously. But anyone who basically done GCSE history knows um, how volatile and how 
propaganda worked in Nazi Germany when Hitler got him in 29, I think it was, but this is in the history podcast. So some bits, I think it was the late 20s when he got in. Um, so they obviously started the propaganda machine, started using language in the state-owned um, uh, newspapers and stuff like that back in, back in them days and turned it onto the Jewish people. And that is the comparison Lineker was making. He wasn't saying the British government was rounding up immigrants and murdering them like some people seem to have gone with. Like he wasn't comparing it directly to the Holocaust. He was comparing it to the propaganda era of trying to make a public enemy, um, which I think most sensible people would agree with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, if he compared it to the, to the actual Holocaust, that would be stupid. And I think most people would be like, yeah, he should probably have some air quotes time off, but he didn't. Um, so basically there's been an outcry of Tories who are doing so shit in the poll behind a fucking man, uh, a Labour politician who is about as charismatic as a piece of cardboard. Um, they are doing that shit. They are trying to find any public enemy and Gary Lineker is the current one because Jeremy Corbyn is not currently in the news. That's seemingly my rundown of it. Well, that makes an awful lot of sense. And I, I, the, the backlash has been remarkable. I saw that Penny Mordaunt one, uh, talking, uh, to her colleagues in the House of Commons, I believe. And she was ripping into Lineker <laughs> using loads of football metaphors. It was the most cringy thing I've seen in a while. But Lisa Marie, to bring you in on this, the, one of the real figures of, I mean, you, I think you'd have to be having some sort of a a brain bypass to not look at what's happening with some of these ghouls. And this isn't a, this isn't taking any political side. I'm kind of famously um, uh, sneering and belittling of any concept of left versus right because I think when it comes to most big issues. It's a uniparty situation we've got uh, in your country and in most European countries at the moment. But this particular shower of ghouls who are running Britain at the moment are, you know, they're comically awful. To see someone like that Suella Braverman standing up and making her statements um, is remarkable. It's remarkable and quite striking. And you you wonder when the 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 sort of ha gotcha is going to happen, but no, they just roll on all through the Johnson years and now all through the the successive uh, uh, candidates that they've put forward as leader and all their horrible little ghoulish lackeys that you know are com characters and here she is Braverman and she says that she was offended by Lineker's Nazi comparison because her husband is Jewish and uh, your compatriot and our fellow Anfield Index contributor Justin uh, said on Twitter today I'm actually Jewish and I'm offended by a ghoul hiding behind this fucking shit excuse my whole family would be dead if it wasn't for asylum programs I wouldn't exist fuck off he says uh, quite eloquently put there <laughs> Justin and I think you know that really points it out beautifully the, the, the absolute audacity of this creature to be hiding behind the whole Jewish thing is just insane I mean what do you think of the what do you think of the actions of the BBC here? I mean, what do you, what, what, what would be your kind of ju judgment on that? 
is there maybe a way that we should be looking at this, which is, well, they did say that he shouldn't be taking a side in party politics. And is that actually maybe in a way, although people are predominantly in uh, favoring one side here, maybe is that a fair enough policy? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, you can come at all of this from any number of angles. I mean, I generally try not to comment on British politics in general because, you know, people in glass houses. <laughs> I mean, honestly, look at look where I live and what we have going on at the moment and really not any better. So um, I, I just sort of steer clear publicly from most comments. I mean, I think Larry the cat should be the prime minister and that's all I have to say about it. But anyway, um, but, but regards to what's going on with the BBC, I mean, on one hand, yeah, I, I do sort of get that, you know, your presenters perhaps, you know, should take a more neutral ground, but, is that in their contract? You know, I, you know, I mean, that's, you know, where you get to that is, or is it just because the stance that, that he has taken, you know, doesn't line up with the overall political stance of the BBC? You know, I don't, I don't know enough, you know, ab- about all of that to, to really feel comfortable, you know, getting all into it. But I do feel strongly that, you know, first of all, you know, I live in a country that was essentially founded on people seeking asylum from other governments. And and that's where I find it here in the U.S. as just absolutely awful some of the stances that our government has taken. Because, you know, if you get to the root of American history, you know, why, you know, why did the Puritans come over and, you know, and found the, the mass Massachusetts colony, you know, why, you know, it's just, well, Virginia, that was, that was purely for, you know, to make money. But, but later on in our history, you know, I mean, why do we have so many Irish immigrants, you know, people of Irish descent, you know, because of the famine and and other things. And so, you know, I think it's, it's very, very difficult here in the U.S. looking at, you know, we are an immigrant, you know, we're a country founded upon people coming from all over the world and other places. And I, I feel that we should be, you know, more tolerant. Um, so I don't know. I've wandered off the topic, I think, but, but back to, you know, Gary Lineker, I, I feel that he should also be able to say, you know, take a stand in the way which he has, which I feel. And again, very limited knowledge, so to speak, of what's going on. I read a little bit earlier today just because it really seemed to be blowing up. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't find anything offensive on what he said. And, um, you know, in fact, I admire him for speaking his mind. And, you know, it just as I admire, you know, Ian Wright and the others who are saying, well, we're, you know, if you're saying he can't be on match of the day, well, we're not going to be on match of the day either. So I, it's, it's all going to be very interesting to see how it continues to unfold over the next couple of days. It really is. I would not want to be, um, the person who finally does accept the, uh, 
comparatively poisoned chalice of hosting and being part of the panel on on the on the night because people are going to be looking looking at them askance to say the least. And I think you bring up a really interesting point there, Lisa Marie, because to bring it back to you guys just to finish on this, we have to remember that that was on Lineker's Twitter account. And it brings us back to a wider question of, I mean, how much are you owned by <laughs> people who pay you money to do a thing? It's not like he went on Match of the Day and said, Tory bastards out. He just made a comment, which was, as you uh, clearly outlined, um, very much misinterpreted and spun in the way that things are spun these days to get a reaction. Um, and... In it, as far as I can see, there was some wording there from the BBC in that letter that I read some from from earlier on that, you know, w- you know, Gary's entitled to his opinions, right? But we need him to have a neutral stance. I'm interested in this topic from a, a, a broader perspective because I, I work nominally for the government here. As, you know, I'm a secondary school teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if if I was told by RTE, uh. Well, I suppose it'd be different if I, were. if I was told by the Department of Education that I could not express a certain opinion in a tweet, I would tell them to sling their fucking hook and their job as well if it came down to it. But I don't see how they have any right to tell me what to do on my personal account. This definitely, as Lisa Marie, that's a really interesting point. It, it, it like how much, how much of 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 a, of a slave to your employer must you be in these situations? Andrew Neil edged a fucking spectator. <laughs> Worked for the BBC for basically all my life. There you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is different from tweeting something and editing a fucking newspaper? You are you are associated with everything. So Lineker tweeting out. What is different from tweet, uh, Lineker tweeting out stuff like that than just having a openly very positive stance on welcoming asylum seekers? Not much. Like, I'm not... I don't, I, are any of us Jewish? I, I don't think we are. No. 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 Obviously, he mentioned the Holocaust, so I don't know if that offends a Jewish person or not. But to me, I don't see, if you read it in the right context, how that would offend a Jewish person. So... It's maybe too sensitive a thing to bring up nowadays, but I don't see how that is offensive enough that it could lead to this. Um, And if they're worried about Gary Lineker, presenter of Match of the Day and occasionally sports personality of the fucking year, making that big a difference in terms of swaying people's opinions... I mean, you can easily sway them back, because if you're swayed by Gary Lineker, imagine what they'd do if they read the fucking Sun newspaper or the Daily Mail. It's almost like that's... Imagine what's been winning fucking elections all our lifetimes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's... The media runs who wins in politics, unless you are despicably shit at your job like the current Tories are... You could, it's all an even house. One of them has to be really good and one of them has to be shit. But unless you're despicably shit, it's the media that decides it. And Gary Lineker's not going to sway anyone. It's going to be front page, well, classically it's been front pages of newspaper. Obviously we're in more of a modern day now. Um, but you'll see, if you, if you read, if you read the Sun newspaper or the Daily Mail, you will have those apps on your phone or you will still buy the newspaper if you're still an old bigoted fuck. Um, <laughs> 
But if you read those papers, you are, aren't you? You fucking bigoted prick. Um, let's be honest. Um, so they're still, they're not gonna, they're not going to be asked what Gary Lineker says. I think the BBC's just a fucking shit show, let's be honest. Um, I mean, it, it, it is a shit show. And, and whatever about, this is, again, an interesting slant just to maybe finish this on. The, the conception of the BBC is that it is, like I said before, a bastion of neutrality. And that is even been accepted by people who should know a fuck site better. Um, and they've believed it for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've believed all sorts of bollocks coming from the BBC about war and not uh, lots of other fairly, uh, consequential recent events. I wouldn't believe the weather off of those fuckers. Well, this is my point, right? But they have this sort of untouchable, unimpeachable reputation until you actually start to look at it a little bit, until you actually start to see that, well, an awful lot of the bollocks that was being spouted and has been exposed as lies and bullshit now was being absolutely forcefully driven, driven home by said BBC. So, I mean, the fact that people are surprised is the most surprising thing to mm. me. The, that the is the tra- Sorry, just to stick on that trip for a sec. I mean, obviously, I when growing up, I was not asked about the BBC other than maybe watching Doctor Who or Robot Wars or something like that. But yeah. when it when it got <laughs> a bit older and stuff like it's probably, and this may summarise me politically and stuff like. That, but what turned me off the BBC massively was, and this may just be my bias, but when you compare how they treated Jer- Jeremy Corbyn and his to free elections. I've never seen a politician treated like that by the national broadcaster. Like, that's when I went... Like, I I prefer to watch... If I want to watch news or there's a big news or there's an election night or something, I'll watch Sky News. I'm fully aware what the fuck Sky News is, but at least they don't try and hide it in... We're neutral whilst you've got fucking Andrew Neil presenting a politics show whilst you've got Fiona Bruce dodging every fucking... Tory um, negative question on question time possible. It, it, so that probably 2017 is when I went off the BBC, but at least Sky and that don't hide it. But they try and they probably present it as more neutral than the fucking BBC do nowadays. That's the irony of it. As an awful lot of those tra- apparently trashier in inverted commas outlets are far, far better places to get the information from because, like you say, it's not cynically packaged as, you know, what was it? Uh, Jacinda Ardern said as the sole source of truth, uh, you know, I just, it, like I say, the most surprising thing for me is that people are surprised uh, by mm-hmm. the BBC's stance here. And uh, hopefully it's an eye opener uh, on multiple levels. Now, one of the fantastic things that arose from this was as the Alan Shearer conversation was going on, um, somebody tweeted on onto my timeline uh it said one of the greatest tweets ever and it's by a guy i'll give him i'll give him credit it's a guy called cants at Cansey on twitter and he's got a picture of alan shearer with a luscious flowing mane of hair uh, uh long hair and it said he it, it, the tweet goes like this what if shearer turned up one week with a full head of hair and refused to admit that he used to be bald. Is there a plan in place for that? (laughs) Uh, All I want is a world in which that kind of shit is what I'm actually talking about. You know, 
uh, wouldn't that be fucking amazing if Shearer just pitched up on uh, match of the day next time uh, Gary and the boys are back in tow and he had an absolute thick mop of hair nobody said anything and he didn't bring it up nobody, and when someone made jokes about it he would completely fail to acknowledge it <laughs> I like it because I've considered it myself uh, I've considered it myself if I could get hold of a really good syrup and go in one day into work and just pretend like everything was normal <laughs> what would people do absolute Antonio Conte vibes <laughs> Total Tony Conte vibes. <laughs> Thing is, if it was done that well, you'd just give a sl- small golf clap, wouldn't you? You'd just be like, yeah. You probably well, would. Well done to the hair surgeon there, lad. <laughs> yeah, 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 well played. We've actually had a couple of lads who've done the whole turkey thing uh, over the years in our place. Uh, one of them looked reasonably successful, and then it just went again. I didn't think that could happen, but it did. Uh, and the other guy, uh, it just looked like someone stapled some stuff onto his forehead. It was atrocious. Have you seen people with turkey teeth? Oh, the same guy came back with turkey teeth. Nobody oh. knew that, nobody knew who the fucker was. <laughs> looking like, <laughs> looking like a real estate agent from a honestly, cartoon. <laughs> honestly, what he, what he done was he went away, like he, 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 he basically, he basically took off a ton or two. Right? So he transformed that way. Then he had the, you know, whatever that thing was on his head. And he, and he grew a beard and, and, and he got the turkey teeth. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? I honestly <laughs> walked, I walked past him. I had no idea who the fuck he was when we came back first. And then it just slowly dawned on me. Um, the transformative power of those two things is remarkable. I, the, the, the whole Liverpool, uh, uh, dentistry is, is, is a wonder in and of itself. And, Imagine Firmino signs for a Turkish club. The fucking adverts they can do. <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but like I know um, it's probably not really a thing for you, Lisa Marie, but maybe it's it's a European thing. My folks, for example, um, have spent many, uh, inverted commas, holidays heading off to Turkey, getting their teeth done, and the old man comes back with a Hollywood smile, like, you know, it's remarkable stuff. I think it's just a thing people do now because it's so much cheaper and it's decent. I was going to say, this is a totally new concept to me. Really? Really? Okay. So so basically the idea is, you know, dental work over here in Europe, I assume it's the same with you guys, is obnoxiously expensive if you're going to be getting specific things, especially cosmetic work. Um. And so it's so off-putting that people get on a plane and fly all the way to Turkey and pay a really good professional out there, um, obviously considerably less, and it's still worth their while. So that will tell you how expensive wow. it is. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 it's the same with the hair transplants. Turkey is another real zone for that too. The risk, though, is sometimes you can end up with like Lego for teeth. But it's one ah, of them. gotcha. So, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's people all over social media there's who can, like, literally, risk. They, okay. they can literally take out their entire teeth and plug them back in. Like, it's a, it's a shit denture, but it's not a denture. It's just plugged in teeth. It's it's, yeah, yeah. One mono tooth across the way. Yeah. 
It's just shucker to shuck attack. <laughs> Do they like glow in the dark too? Yes, and full on Ross you know, from like... Friends in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to ask you now that we've lightened the tone via Alan Shearer's hair about <laughs> what were your highlights of Monday? Because holy shit, Monday was one of the best days that I've ever had uh, on the Twitter app because people are very inventive. And when there's something out there to actually have crack with it's tremendous and you forget how awful and what a hellhole it is on a good day and man alive were people inspired to come up with some funny funny stuff on monday i i i honestly cackled through most of monday and tuesday only cursing the fact that you know in downtime between lessons i couldn't really have the volume up uh <laughs> Um, I found myself putting in my headphones by the end of Monday and into early Tuesday morning every time my classes were coming and going because I just wanted to hear uh, what was going on. I know my own personal highlights. I loved, uh, absolutely loved the little bit um, by Kelly Dalgleish at the end of the Sky coverage. Oh, that was... fantastic was really good and i don't know what was better uh, whether it was her getting that little dig in or gary lineker trying to say welcome to lfc tv and sky cutting them off that was magic also <laughs> um uh neville really did i say lineker i, I meant you neville really came in for most of the of the of the the the, the atrocious stuff I saw also then uh, a lad called guy. Help me out. Is it Andy Goldstein, the talk sport guy? Yes, the one who says most of us like not a top ten right winger or something. Is that, yes, is that yes, yes. He also said during the week that he would prefer seven nil to three nil. Three nil would have been worse, said Goldstein. Mm. He proceeded to try to justify it and fail massively. I also loved all the, like I say, all the Gary Neville versus Graham Souness stuff. Really, really creative fun. Did you revel in anything particular, Guy? Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. I frequented Matt Goldbridge a bit this week. Did you? <laughs> Did. <laughs> Uh, so wrapped up Nina's show on Sunday, then obviously edited both of the, uh, no, edited your, uh, the Raw, and then popped on a bit of Goldbridge in the background, and he was hiding behind his chair when it was hit sickness. Just <laughs> fucking phenomenal. What's uh, your, what's your Goldbridge take, by the way? Because I think Dave, from speaking to him before, 
fully believes that Goldbridge knows exactly what he's doing and it's all a sort of elaborate wind up for him. He knows what he's at. It's quite conscious. Whereas other people fully believe that he's a hundred percent earnest. Where are you landing with, with what Goldbridge actually is? For a start, I mean, it's not Mark Goldbridge, if I can speak, is not even his name. His real name is Brent de Cesare. So, is that, is that a fact? And how did you, how did you find that out, guy? Because he said it on a podcast. And um, everyone was like, nah, fuck off. I think it, I think everyone realized, it's when everyone realized he's like 40. Yeah, he's 43 year old. Uh, well, they, see, this is the best thing about it, because I was just going to say this. I noticed in recent ones, Jesus, I mean, that's not a young lad. Uh, and, you know, uh, although to be fair, clearly you don't have to be a young lad to be doing these um, talking to the camera watch alongs. We have a couple of them in the Liverpool. Um, Can you so- yeah, that are probably best not mentioned at all. I mean, God love these lads. I, 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 I've, I've seen two lads, two, two of the Liverpool lads. And honestly, I think they are earnest in a way that Goldbridge isn't. They're certainly not making up characters. No. Uh, and they're, ah, they're a worry. I mean, I, first of all, I don't understand why anyone would do that. What it is, is fantastic fucking content for the likes of us here to be chatting about afterwards it's like oh, arsenal fan tv going mental and you know that type of thing that's just great love all that and as you say watching Cobridge behind his chair at the end is absolutely magic um listen to bring you in on this as well just before we, we we use up all the good examples um i know uh, last last week as well just was it probably just before the man game or was it just after i was getting all sentimental and doing bobby firmino tweets it was probably just before it was the, it was when it was announced and i watched so many firmino uh, compilations and compilations of the three boys being just outlandishly good and you know i enjoyed so much twitter content in the last week it was it was it, it, almost un- unheard of because I'd, I'd gotten really disillusioned with the app. Did it give you any joy in the last few days? It has. Now, um, as you know, I was not able to watch the match on Sunday live because, mm. you know, I was actually I was driving back from the from the dance competition. So kickoff was pretty much as we hit the road to to come to come home. And um I had, so I had Mary Kristen checking the score in the car as I was driving. So yeah, I was one, one nil at halftime. I'm like, all right. Yeah. And then second half starts and I have her checking and I swear to God, every time she checked, you know, it was, it was three and then it was four and then it was, I'm like, this is insane. Absolutely insane. So, um, now I jumped on and listened to part of Nina's show. Um, cause we had, and so I caught part of it. And then, of course, I mean, before we were in home, Raw was up. So I was able to listen to that and then sat down and watched the match that evening. And so, you know, I by the time a lot of that content was hitting on on Monday, of course, I was I was caught up, if you will. Um, I enjoyed I guess it was Tuesday. Yeah. When Champions League football was going on. And did you see the bit where Jamie Carragher was talking to Peter Schmeichel and working the number seven into oh, an entire conversation? I didn't. This sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to go look. This is great. More it was pretty. It was pretty. Okay. Now, it was 
it, it you know, he started out being fairly subtle. I mean, even though he's sitting there with a can of seven up in front of him. Um, so, but you know, by the, by the end of the bit, it was, you know, I mean, it was, it was slightly obnoxious, but still funny. Um, so yeah, so I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that little piece, but yeah, like, like all of us, you know, just, it has, it's, it's been fun just seeing all, all the different things, you know, popping up and, you know, I mean, seven up has got to be making a fortune off of this. I can't believe they haven't, you know, issued some sort of official t-shirt or something because yeah the merch the merch <laughs> i haven't heard seven up mentioned yeah. so much in in years yeah yeah the merch possibilities are endless and and guy did you please tell me i, I meant to to tweet it to you, but again, I was at work and I wasn't free to do it. And every time I saw the freaking thing, it was at an inopportune moment when I couldn't really uh, be doing a whole lot. Uh, did you see all seven of Liverpool goals set to the music of S Club Seven? Of course I did, and I saw the head. <laughs> I saw the head editor on their body. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, and there was there was a really good. Um, cartoon that came out by four four tunes as well credit where it's due yeah, that was good. I, I know my uh my mate jamie on twitter is gonna hate me for this because he just thinks they're fucking awful <laughs> i just got a great giggle out of it i have to say um i will say this and and feel free to 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 um uh, excuse yourself from this one if you want uh, lisa marie or absolutely weigh in two-footed if you want but I know you didn't get to see the game live, so this will have a bearing on it. Guy, I mean, the, I will admit that during the game itself, I was starting to get mightily pissed off with Carragher and Neville in the commentary box for a Liverpool United game because, and I, I, I put something out to this effect as well. It had the feel of fucking glorified fan zone bullshit. Do you know oh, what I mean? Just. I've- Fucking love Fanzo. That was so shit, <laughs> but it was amazing. Yeah, but well, it, I agree yeah. with, I agree with you though, but if you're going to do Fanzo and do Fanzo. That's my point, right? That's my point. These two are supposed to be, and I just, ah, uh, maybe I'm just being a stick in the mud. I don't know, but it was starting to really get my wick, I'll admit. And I think, I think if it had gone the other way, I'd have been, yeah, fairly sort of, embittered there was another one that was going doing the rounds as well tell me if you saw this where pre-match graham Sunes is saying you know i've never been as confident going into a liverpool united game as i have been as i am going into this one and you can see neville and and Keane kind of sniggering but the thing i, I think people are getting this wrong because carragher is sniggering too and if you watch it a second and a third time, you'll see that Sunez is half, he, he almost chokes delivering the line. It's like he, he would like to smile himself and he's stopping himself from smiling. I think people got this all wrong. I think that was a gag that was going, going on between the four or five of them there. And he's just coming out and saying it because the way they're reacting, it's like they're reacting to a sort of an in the know joke as opposed to the way it was parceled up. Typical fan media is, oh, look at these bastards. Uh, they were laughing at Liverpool. Now they're not laughing. You know, that kind of shit. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's I I I don't know maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm giving giving a little bit too much credit, but th- does that make sense to you? Did or did you actually just think it was a straight up damn sneering kind of moment? I did see Carragher chuckling, and I was like, yeah, he probably there's something there. I'm not I didn't notice the soonest thing, but I was only half ass watch. I was probably just laughing by the time I actually saw him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I reckon Graham Soonest brought up Pogba once, saw the backlash, and then just brought him up about 50 million times more afterwards. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I, I I love the way that's built up. You know, yeah. all those memes about Graham Soonest <laughs> and Paul Pogba. This was so much fun. <laughs> really, Andy was just... Andy was right as well, which was funny. It's not even funny; he's just correct. But, um, but no, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, you you go back to your point on the um, the fan zone lads, like. I think they're just wasted as commentators. Carragher's, I think Carragher, I don't, I think he can be one of the, probably the most insightful one. If you're like on Monday Night Football, I think it's really interesting watching him and stuff like that. But as a commentator, right, he just seems wasted to me. Like everything has to be instant. You can't think what you're saying. Obviously he's up there with Neville who they're just like winding up, winding each other up. So it doesn't really work in that, in that regard. You've got Martin Tyler who's more animated than, uh, less animated than a corpse. Um, and Neville, Neville head goes into the stratosphere at 1-0. <laughs> Never mind 7-0. Yeah. So it's, I think it's just a bad mix because I'm sure everyone, everyone here has seen the, um, Carragher on CBS. Or at least some point where you get the little snippets of um, American coverage. Obviously, Lisa Marie, you'll probably um, get it all the time when we're on the Champions League or you're watching the Champions League game. When it's him, Henri, and um, Micah Richards in the studio of Kate Abdo, he, he seems like in a, in, his, in a whole different element. Whereas on Sky, it just seems to descend into chaos half the time. Whereas CBS, it seems really well controlled. Maybe it's just better producers or better show or whatever, but. I think Carragher's wasted on commentary and Neville, I think people made this point before, after the Valencia thing he just seemed to turn a bit shit, but I think he's still one of the more interesting ones to listen to, but not as a commentator. Like, lads shouldn't be doing both punditry and commentary, the very specific things. Yeah. Like, uh, you, I think we mentioned it in the week, John Motson obviously passed away and you, you always talked about your favourites and stuff like that. I have no idea who's the good core commentator. Like, I love Ali McCoyst at the minute. He's probably the best at the minute by far, but that's just by being enthusiastic about football. Yeah. I don't want a commentator break down shit on air. I just want him to enjoy the moment and make it fun. Let the let the pundits break down the football. So I that's why I like Ali McCoyst. I don't think Carragher and, um, and Neville make it fun. They just make it creepy and fucking weird at times. But you know do, what? Like, they you see do. little footage of they them like do. jibing each other. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I meant. And 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 let let let's bring Lisa Maria on this because it it it's it gets a little bit grating. And everyone loves a bit of rivalry and a bit of inverted commas banter, etc. But it crosses over the line when it's it's just it's just not professional, and it's laddish and childish and. It just doesn't give anyone any fucking insight. And I'm not in it. I'm not in football for that shit banter culture. Never have been, never will be. Doesn't interest in me. Boring as hell. Um, so I really think there's a, I think the point the guy makes 
about Carragher on that panel with Henri, who, you know, I think Henri's fantastic. I listen to Henri talking about football all day. Um, and Richards is an amiable kind of a guy. I don't know that he has any insight, really. I don't think I've ever... He's entertaining, but I don't think Mick, Mick has ever said anything where I went, oh, shit, really good take that on uh, now. I see where you're going from. Whereas when Neville and Carragher started out individually, both of them had this ability to actually show you something about the game that, you know, you might, that was a genuine insight. Um, that seems to have gone by the, by the way, a long time ago with their sky antics and their sky contributions in general. I, I'll, I have to say that they have a kind of company man vibe about them. And it feels like shtick. And I don't like shtick, Lisa Marie. I don't think there's any place in a uh, kind of semi-honest portrayal of what's going on. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. See, now I do not get the pleasure, and I say that with inverted comments, commas and all the sarcasm of Carragher and Neville on commentary. So I don't, I don't have that. Um, I had for, for this particular match, it was Peter Drury and I can't remember who was with him. So anyway, so, so I don't, but I don't ever have, um, character and Neville. So, but the bits and pieces that I see, yes, I, I am glad that I do not have to listen to a whole, a whole match of that whole mm. 90 plus however many minutes, because it would, I think I would be muting the TV and just watching, watching, the, <laughs> watching the play. Um, but I agree. It, and, and I do find that that contrast with Jamie Carragher a little interesting because I remember seeing, you know, I guess it was probably the beginning of the 2021 season that I really started paying, you know, then I leveled up to where I was kind of paying attention to the different commentators and pundits and, you know, and all of that around. And so I initially had seen, you know, different clips and things of Jamie Carragher, you know, from Sky and everything. And then when I started watching you know, more of the Champions League. I was, I was pleasantly surprised that you're, I think you're right, um, guy. His, his demeanor and just the way he approaches it all is, is very different. Um, I don't want to say, well, no, I will say it more professional. <laughs> um, he, you know, he doesn't get caught up, you know, and all, and all of that. So, so it can be very interesting to see him and, Thierry Henry play off of each other. And, and yeah, I think Micah's just there because he has that great laugh. Um, so it's just kind of, 
there to, I don't know, balance things out or something. But, um, so yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't like, I mean, I'm all for a little bit of banter and a little bit of fun, but it, it doesn't need to be like, yeah, fan zone. If, if I want to watch something along those lines that I'm going to watch something along those, you know, fan zone lines, but during the game, I just want them commenting on the match. I don't need, you know, and sometimes even, you know, all the little clever asides, if, you know, and, and, and stuff that, that can happen with some of the different commentators just, it just annoys me. I'm like, could you just, just watch what's in front of you? And, and I don't need to know, you know, the name of, um, you know, I don't know, Harry Kane's cat or something. I, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I want to know what's going on with the match in front of me. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a re- there's a lot to be said for, for that point the guy made. Just do the fucking job. Uh, I, the amount of times I find myself saying that, I, and I'm very aware it's like, I'm getting older. It's like old man shakes fist, a cloud moment, but just do the fucking job, you know, in all walks of life. The just real thing the- here at Trev is Lisa Marie gets Peter Drury, so she's the real winner. She get, is the real winner. We get Martin yeah, Not always, but yeah. yeah. If, but I have the, the, found that we have more often. Of course, it's probably helped that Arlo White isn't doing the, uh, I was going to say he did have Arlo for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He moved, he moved to doing something with golf. So I don't know. Anyway. I, I think I saw I, I heard Drury and I think it was Jim Beglin doing the uh, the seven nil, and the contrast is stunning. Now even 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 um, Tyler w- was starting to get slightly slightly animated by goal six and seven, even if it wasn't a even if it wasn't a sort <laughs> of a kind of begrudging way. There's a lad I have a feeling he's an Irish lad actually who does these um, videos where he's miming. Yeah. Yes. To, 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 that to is Tyler. Hilarious. While he's gesturing and he's clearly indicating his, uh, disregard. For, I'm terribly sorry. I can't remember the lad's name. I will find that out and mention him properly in the next show, but they're really excellently well done. And clearly the two of you have seen them. And I want to finish just with the football news with another bit of, uh, lighthearted stuff because Lisa Marie, you were good enough to send me the heartbreaking, heartbreaking hostage style video of Anthony Gordon being interviewed saying about how heartbroken he is that Everton didn't thank him, uh, profusely enough for his contribution when he moved on from them after he had made like a feckin' Egypt, uh, an open statement where he talked about his love for the club and the fans. He felt it was a bit sort of, um, uh, you know, d- demeaning, belittling, not, didn't show him enough respect or thanks, which I thought was a really interesting, uh, word for a lad like that to be using. A lad who has made such a glorious, glorious living on the back of Everton Football Club since he was, as he said himself, a very young man. A very interesting way to be behaving, but nobody, lads. Nobody takes the biscuit more. And I've been saying this all the way through where all of the people were going, oh, you know, Charlotte's all right because he likes Lula, so he's okay. No, Richarlison is not okay. He is a prick, and he has always been a prick. And I can't understand. The the people are so soft-headed. They just all, all of a sudden... They, they, he espoused the political opinion they liked, and all of a sudden he was a good lad. No, he's not a good lad. 
and have a look at that interview during the week, folks, if you haven't seen it. Did it come out, Guy, was it yesterday, day before, where he's talking about um, his sullen interview about how he's not getting minutes? It's incredibly critical of Conte without actually saying Conte's name. He's, he does say he, and he talks about how he doesn't understand how he's not getting on the pitch, and I'm, I don't have minutes. I don't have minutes. And he's, you know... He's talking about how he had two good games in a row and he's on the bench again and he's furious. And it's so in the contrast of in the context of what we've been talking about. So unprofessional. Big tone. <laughs> Big tone didn't hang about. He's come straight back when he was interviewed. He referred to Richarlison as selfish. And he said this quote. He said, my season is shit. And he's right. Because his season is no good. <laughs> this is marvelous stuff. Oh, guy, if you've been following this, tell me you've seen this. It gives me life, this. Eddie Richarlison slander. <laughs> it, it's Andy Cantwell for the uh, parody guy. By the Andy way. Cantwell, nice one. Thank you. Um, no, I, I just, outside of Klopp, I think Conte may be my favourite manager. Now, I've gone back and forth whether I want him to manage us one day, but the Spurs thing has gone that badly, probably not. But yeah. if we want the elite manager thing to stick around to post Klopp, he's mental enough, I think, and we obviously have better players than Spurs and don't have Eric Dyer, um, where I think in a world it could work, but it'd be a big difference. But uh, anyway. do, you not, do you not think he would have, uh, he'd have, he'd maybe get about two months into it and he'd just be out there absolutely slandering FSG. Just middle of the pitch. Yeah. I'm going to Boston and I'm going to fuck people up. <laughs> I mean, I, half the, I think the majority of the fan base would love that, to be honest. We love Rafa doing it, didn't we? That's Rafa? true. It was, That's different, true. it was different times for different owners, I suppose. Um, no, but I see a world where he manages because he's fucking mental. Um, but anyway, on that, Richarlison slanders a thing of beauty. I mean, apart from John Pickford, I don't think I hate a player more. Um, he, he's just an overhyped shit cunt, really, isn't he? Um, <laughs> I, know, I, I, should, I shouldn't really say the C word on a podcast, but he is. I just, it's a hateful little twat. Um, and he got, he's got the attitude of like a Diego Costa. Without any of the ability or career to back it up, because Diego Costa was a force of fucking nature. Richarlison's a fucking gimp. Um, <laughs> he just is. Like, fucking diving about, rolling about, ha- acting the hard man, nicknamed the pigeon. Fuck off. Yeah. Gimp. Um, that, that, that clip that's doing the rounds at the moment where... He's doing a, a couple of little keepy-ups over in the touchline, and the lad just goes through him. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's just... Filth. That is that, I haven't that, seen that one. I'll have to look for that. Oh, I, I'll send it to you later, Lisa Marie. You, 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 you'll watch it on a loop for at least an hour. It's just pure joy. <laughs> and, like, let's finish with you on this. And I'm, I'm going to keep my word, by the way. I know you're both probably watching the clock and thinking, oh, shit. We, we, Guy, you hang on to that movie for the next day, right? Because we, we, I want to keep this. Yeah, uh, no worries. Time we said it, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, save. And I, I've got a, I had an intro and we'll, I'll save that as well. But I just, I want to wrap up the football chat here and wrap up the, the, the start, wrap up the show in general by giving you a chance to talk about it, Lisa Marie, because, uh, Guy just mentioned Pickford and myself and Dave had the, Pickford, Richarlison, 
scale. Oh yeah, of, the prick scale. That was that yes, needs to come back. Yes, <laughs> and 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 I, I it got lost in the in the midst of time somehow because I don't know maybe I, I'm not really sure why. Um, I think it's it's the uh, possibly because they were no longer the same club, but I think it absolutely stands uh, as as a measure. I mean, you mentioned Anthony Gordon there to me, and you you sent me on that clip. Where do you think he measures up, and is Harry Kane higher? And okay, <laughs> first it, of let's, all, let's get take. Let's pick this apart a bit. First of all, my issue with Harry Kane is not Harry. I mean, obviously he's a fantastic player. Yes, I think my problem with Harry Kane is the way it's. That, you know, they want to knight him for just sitting, setting foot on the football field. And I think, I think it's not so much Kane himself. It's the way a number of people act about him that, that winds me up and drives me crazy. So, um, because I do, I recognize that, you know, he is obviously a very good, a very good player. And, and I think, you know, when it all comes down to it, he's probably not that bad of a guy. Um, at, at least, you know, when you compare him to Pickford and Richarlson and, and Anthony Gordon. Um, so yeah, I think honestly, when I pick it apart, my issue with Kane was so much, I mean, especially, you know, around the Euros and Trev, I don't know if you remember, but I kept messaging you going, I swear to God, they're going to knight him on the field. You know, here comes, you know, Prince William with the, with the sword and the sash and, you know, right there on the field. So anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Richarlson, I have not liked him for a long time. I mean, a, a couple of years, I thought he's just, yes, he's a rat. He's a prick. He's a diver. He's, you know, and then here comes Anthony Gordon, like he's been taking lessons from him or something. I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> like, Play bold you know, and, you know, and they keep talking about what a young lad Gordon is. He, I didn't, re- I thought he was younger, but he said in that little clip, he's 23 years old. That's not yeah. really for no. someone who's been playing this long, that's not a young lad, you know. They paid I'm sorry. Fifty mil for him, he's shit. And and, yeah, and I think that is hysterical that New- that Newcastle paid that much money for him because he's not good. The only thing he's good at is diving. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's he's one for the future, and Newcastle are building Whatever. wisely. Wisely, Did you see you that see? clip a couple a week or so ago where I mean he totally whiffed the ball. I mean it was fantastic. I'm like, oh. Love it. That is um, that is And I am I am very very sorry when we played them that when you know because Millie was on the field and they brought Gordon on there friendly. I wanted Millie to just take him out. One of those Millie tackles, <laughs> you know, just would have would have made my day. Um, I, saw, I, saw, yeah, well, I saw a thing on Gordon earlier, uh, and oh, I think yeah. it's a, it's an interview that he must have done for Sky for the upcoming game, and it was on about him helping Everton stay up, and someone someone yes, quoted so, that I sent that I Trev. Yes, he helped them stay up, and and they weren't properly grateful and didn't give him a proper send off when he left. But someone quote tweeted him. Do you remember that lad who handcuffed himself to the post? Someone said this lad did more help us stay up than you. You give. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I love I love that that's coming from an Everton fan as well because that just really I mean it's great the way it's it's gotten so sour there for that lad and you know look things like that don't happen accidentally if he was it a good lad a better person yeah if if he was a good lad they'd love him it's as simple as that they just would they just would um. 
we should wrap this up now and we are going to wrap this up now. I have just seen a tweet in response to my I have informed the BBC that I will not be available for match of the day tomorrow night, which I do believe has been taken as serious by someone <laughs> who is having a go at me in a sort of roundabout way, like about kind of who do you think you are type of thing, like you're just a, a Z-less celebrity or something like that. Uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but I honestly think someone's taking it seriously. Bless their little... Um, Innocent hearts. That's that's tremendous. Uh, I should, Larry I should, the cat has also said that he will not be available to host match of the day tomorrow. That's the the, the greatest blow of all. So um, yeah. you do know who Larry the cat is, don't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was amazed. Yes. Larry the cat cracks me up. Whoever runs that Twitter account. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I, 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 we should do that actually someday as a recommendation because I'm going to go and see if this guy I mentioned earlier on is good because the first four tweets I saw by him, he had me cracking up. Um, we will wrap it up at that, uh, just on around the hour mark. And we will be back with you next Friday. Um, will we? I mean, Trev, it is a holiday for you. Thursday is Paddy's Day, isn't it? No, I thought it was Friday. Am I wrong? It's Friday the 10th, Friday the 17th. Shit, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the international break anyway, so we can do any day. It's also, yeah, it's, it's, it's Paddy's Day. Like, honestly, don't worry. It's not like I'm going to be, like, uh, stripping naked body painting myself as Guinness <laughs> and sort of, you know, um, you know, just drinking for 17 hours straight or Like, oh, I'll be able to do a podcast. So if you're around the 17th, we'll do it on the 17th. Um, I also will not be attending fucking parades or anything of that ilk. So, uh, yeah, we will be back with you soon-ish, probably in a week's time. And at that stage, we'll have played Bournemouth, we will have played Real Madrid, which was to be the final topic of this show. We haven't had time to get around to it. Um, and that in and of itself will be a, a topic of great interest. Um, I'm going to get one sentencer from each of my two colleagues here. Um, and the sentence is in response to this question. Um, Real Madrid away, second leg, hope or no hope, Lisa Marie? There's always hope, Trev. There's always hope, Trev. That's, that's <laughs> a good answer. Guy? I've said it before. It, I don't consider it completely hopeless. Lisa Marie, Until one the sentence, final whistle blows. One yep. sentence. No, 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 no. None of this qualifying stuff. There's always hope was okay. your quote. Okay, there's always we're, hope, we're, Trev. We're taking that as your quote. Guy. <laughs> Play not Phillips. <laughs> All right, it's one sentence. I'll accept it. There you there's go. No, no mention of hope in it, but I'll accept nope. it. And I think the definition of, of, of hopelessness is you saying play that. <laughs> so, you, you don't know. You, I, think you I, can, know. I think I can read enough into that. Ben's already to get battered first. <laughs> <laughs> we got Big Ibu back. Virgil looks like himself. And guys take his play now, Phillips. I think we all know where guys go with that. Um, I, for some strange reason, like I had ahead of United, have this weird optimism and it might be just that we'll recover some pride uh and i take that honestly i take that i take Mm -hmm. you know narrowly missing out by a goal and on aggregate or something like that or two goals but we really give them a rattling or something like i think i take that 
but I've just got I'm just fighting what the fuck's wrong with me I've just got this weird positive feeling I, I, I don't like it I'm uncomfortable uh, but there it is <laughs> so uh, two to one is how we're going with that one so we'll wrap it up with that on a vaguely optimistic note I've been Trev Denny, you heard Lisa Marie Hannan and Guy Drinkle. And we'll be back with you in some incarnation or other in a week or so's time for the next Anfield Index podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.